Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Sujo Organic with the Ohio University Sports Administration Series Life After Court Street Season 2. Here with Hallie Olson, Senior Director of Global Partnerships with the Cleveland Cavaliers and Mike Wolfert, CEO at Teal Properties Group, other known as TPG. So excited to talk to both of them about their entrees into the sports industry, their journey after Court Street, maybe during Court Street, and um, we'll get into kind of their parts of the industry, what they've learned and uh, some nuggets of advice for those who are listening. So uh, nonetheless, Mike, Hallie, welcome. Thanks for having us guys. Yeah, good I'm morning. Thrilled to be here. Super excited to have both of you on. Uh, Mike, we were just discussing, you're actually the, you said the chair of the advisory board, I believe, for the program. So obviously still very involved. Yes, sir. Uh, They've been on the board for a few years and we decided to, uh, and excuse my voice this morning, um, I still am hoarse. I was telling Jake from going to the Bengals Titans game um, and probably more experiencing uh, uh, Broad Street, uh, as uh, many of you may have done, but <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, we uh, we ch- we changed the format when um, uh, a couple of years ago uh, to put a kind of an executive team together so we could be a little more proactive and get more engaged with the alumni board. And so um, somehow I got the short end of the stick and I ended up uh, in the chair role for for. For a couple of years here, so we're we're excited. Uh, we're actually, I was just saying, we have a, uh, our monthly exec team call is at ten thirty, right after this one. So this morning, so nonetheless, an engaged Bobcat uh, many years after. And um, Hallie, you've you've worked with many Bobcats. You're actually working with one uh, right now, maybe more yeah. than one. There's a bunch. Uh, but my counterpart is Daryl Bajomo. The Daryl Bajamo. He's a stud. V. V. You got to put V in yes. front of it. He's incredible. Um, so he leads the partnership marketing team. Um, and I'm learning a ton from him. He's he's really great people. I'm uh, bummed we didn't get to know each other. We just we just missed each other, I think, by a couple of years. Um, so it's good that we're making up for lost time now. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get to where you are now? I know that's that's a, probably a loaded question, but you've at least uh, managed to stay in, in the Midwest area for the most part. Yes, um, I will say I, I started in New York um, after I graduated for about a year. I was working with an agency called Team One. I loved it, um, but I was very poor. Um, I think it would be a lot more fun to live in New York if you were making um, some good money, um, but it was it was a great time. I'm glad I had the experience. Um, but my now husband Ethan had a great position at a firm in Chicago, so he made the sell um, for me to move out there. And thankfully, I had the opportunity to transfer within my agency um, to their Chicago office, so we could both both be a little bit closer to our families. 
Um, so there was some logic there, which I appreciate. Um, and you know, you start out, you're not making a ton of money. So New York is, can be a tough place to be. And you can't just leave out the fact that Ethan was also a Bobcat, correct? Correct. Correct. We sat next to each other in accounting class and the rest is history. I will say that he was copying off of my paper. I just want to set that for the record. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. Laura, I, there's, Laura, I just want to point out that accounting class has come up. And I, think I was about, look, I was about to say the same thing. We had uh, our, our last session, our lab, last, last podcast, they were talking about accounting and how it was so important and how you know, we should have paid more attention in Dr. Kirch's class. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So that's two times Dr. Kurtz gets a shout out back to back. It's real talk. It is important. Um, yeah, it's just a tough class, but it was a good one. Lots of PTSD from that class. I'm like, Dr. Kirch, I'm color coding this. I don't understand why what I'm doing is not what you're doing. I'm doing what you're doing. It's not the same. And it just didn't balance for you. It, it did not. Uh, it did not, which is why I'm in marketing. I feel you there. <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in marketing for that exact reason. Um, I think, you know, both of you have been successful. Uh, Hallie, you're back in the great city of Cleveland um, where there is lots of change happening. Mike, this is the only time I will allow you to say you had fun at the Bengals game because of <laughs> what they're doing. This will never be again. Um, but as you, as you went through your careers, name a couple of, I guess, give us two high points and two low points in your professional development. Ooh. Great question. And, yeah. yeah, and only the reason why I asked that question, the high points, but also the low points is because a lot of times are the, the students at Ohio and just in general always hear about the good stuff. And so we really want them to understand that it's not going to be all roses, right? And that it's okay to hit, uh, you know, stumbling blocks in your career and you'll, it'll still work out. Yep, um, I can give you, I'll give you, uh, the high point for me was, you know, I kind of just started to feel more comfortable, right? Like it's good to feel uncomfortable when you're first starting out. Like you don't, you don't know everything that you think, you know? Um, so I think once I had a couple years under my belt, um, at my first job at team one, I just felt like I had a great support system of people within the company that I was working with, I had a great support system within the sports ad program. So I just felt like myself and my team were firing on, on all cylinders. And I was starting to feel like I was getting into a groove and making an impact, right? Because for me, the first six to 12 months of any role that I'm working on, it just takes me a little while to get my feet underneath me. Um, so, you know, kind of upon that time, I I decided to transition. I felt like I really wanted to get now into a sales role because I felt like, you know, it was just the next natural progression. And the low point was, you know, the transition from working at an agency and selling into a client versus prospecting and developing your own pipeline and building brand new relationships was really, really tough. I think I had underestimated, um, 
how different that role was for me. Um, so the first, you know, two years that I was at the Chicago Bulls was really tough. Um, and I just felt like, you know, there were certain times where I felt like I was a little bit of a failure because I wasn't making the impact that I initially had thought that I was going to make. And I think the biggest thing that I would go back and change is I tend to hermit and not ask for help um, because I just want to, you know, do it myself and prove to everybody that I can provide value to the organization. And I think I would have, you know, eaten a little more humble pie, asked more questions, asked for more help. Um, I think it's really critical that you find your tribe within your organization and also, you know, leverage your network. And there have been plenty of people that have gone through this transition. And I, I think that I, I kept my head down a little too much and didn't pick my head up. And it was just a really, it was a really tough time. Um, in my career with that transition. So um, there were plenty of things that I think I would have done differently, but I think I would have just picked my head up and asked for more help and asked more questions. And I didn't do that. So I learned a lot of things the hard way is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I would uh, say uh, a low point um, was, and, and but I think this is good to share because it, a lot more people have gone through this than you might imagine, but um, we had just, ha I was working, um, Michelle, my wife, Michelle was also from the program. Um, we were, I think the fifth marriage, um, excuse the year behind me. So back then you didn't overlap. So I went to visit my brother one weekend and met my wife I became my wife later and my brother, Matt, who's in the class behind me, but, um, Michelle was working at Georgia tech. We were in Atlanta. I was, had a career in fundraising for 10 years before I got into sports <clears throat> and, and I, but, and I, then I went, went to this startup company called Home Team Advantage, which was doing um, tech. It was, it was basically digitized video before it was really a thing. Um, and and uh, um, so my brother, Matt, and I are working with this company. We just had, we had Michael, our son was like nine months old. He's seven months, well, no, he's a year old. And Mandy's like three months from being born. And we get the call December 1st, we're going out of business you know and so you, you go to the panic mode of you're unemployed what am I going to do with my life where am I you know all those kind of things that, that go through and so that's a very challenging time of life for many people to go through and a lot of people have gone through it you know where you whether it's your you've been it's your fault or not you know it, that you're out of work you know so it's amazing how many people I've been able to relate to over the years who have to go through that so that's certainly going to be a low point um and then maybe one high point would be um, just, uh, um, uh, well, the highest point probably is what I'm doing right now, starting a company from scratch, you know, um, and uh, at, with TPG in, in, a, in a space that what nobody has really been in. And uh, we think high schools where college was in the sports sponsorship world. And, uh, and so taking something from scratch and building it, <clears throat> we've, uh, um, we have what 35 employees now. I think I'm most proud of the fact that I think seven or eight are OU sports ad grads. So you can do the math on the percentage of my company that I've hired, how I believe in the people we have, you know, but we're, and that, you know, I mean, we still have the typical accounting people and all that, that wouldn't necessarily be people that you would hire from the program, you know, accounts payables and all that, that includes that. So if you look at the, the sales team and all that, the percentage would probably be at least a third of the company. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so that would be the high point. That and when I was with IMG, I started a division for them focused on mid-major colleges. 
and uh, um, it took took that from an upside down position to something profitable um, and just building a culture within a ginormous organization um, and, and the team um, uh, that was those were two I guess high points and from from that perspective well I will say I didn't know this before like I knew both of you had similar experiences but it would be a good episode I didn't know that both of you had marriages from the program that's actually pretty unique yeah very yeah, I very forgot cool. about yours Mike I, yeah. I knew it I just forgot about it uh, and ours is uh, ours is pretty deep I, I'd get in trouble if I didn't mention everybody but so you know I went I have a brother 11 months younger who went through it and I have a brother who and then I met Michelle so there's three of us then my youngest brother Dan who's 12 years younger went through it as well and then both of my adult children Michael and Mandy just graduated from it so we have uh um lots I, of bodies yeah I always joke that you have the they talk about the OU mafia or whatever but I must be the godfather then or something yeah, yeah. I'm sure it should be Mr. Dolan, but uh, but uh, from a uh, family perspective, uh, I'm not sure how else. So we're we're all in on the OU um, sports ad family for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. That's the uh, you should have, you should have your own GA pedigree. By this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Mike, you 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 might have a GA for your company here soon. Yeah, uh, you. I feel like you put in enough. Uh, <laughs> financial support into the program you should probably go ahead and just get a GA well my favorite thing is to hire the I didn't get anybody out of the last class because it was just hard with COVID and everything but both my son and daughter's class I basically recruited somebody for two years who probably never thought they were going to want to work in this world and uh, they're here and they're thriving so um, nice. uh, so it's but Jeremy and Kimara uh, are really doing a great job and it's been fun to see them young start, you know starting out in their careers yeah yeah absolutely one of one of the interesting things that both of you have mentioned is kind of the people that you're working with or or that you worked with and then you, you know you go to the next place like um talk a little bit about kind of how you take relationships that you've developed in Halley, for example at one team right and like what do you do with those relationships once you move from the next place to the next place to the next place where like it's not easy to stay in touch with everybody, right? And your your network then continues to exponentially grow. Like, how do you how do you do it? Uh, there there are certainly some folks that I I absolutely think are incredible, and I learned so much from while I was at these different um, stops along the way. So I, you know, I, I definitely want to make it a point to keep in touch with these people because they are helping me learn and grow. And hopefully there's, there's a little bit of reciprocal happening on the other side of the coin. Um, but I certainly think that it's important to keep in touch with some of those folks, especially you never know where somebody's going to go. Um, like, Team One, for example, they run the Lexus business and their corporate partnership. So the same people that I worked with in Chicago at my first stop are now people that I'm actually working with at the Cavs because Lexus has a partnership and I worked with them at the Chicago Bulls. So it's that much more important to make sure that you're building strong relationships because you just never know. We all know how small of a world this is. Um, so it's, you know, if you burn any bridges, it's probably going to come back and bite you at some point because a lot of people that work in sports stay in sports or a lot of people that work 
in the media and agency world, you're probably going to come across um, at another stop. So I, I certainly try and keep strong relationships. Um, and, and also from a sales standpoint, like you're only as strong, I feel like it's sometimes as your network, like I'm talking to the bulls, asking them like, Hey, are you talking to this brand who just came out with a league deal? Um, you know, asking them about the Klarna deal that they just did. How are you guys, how did you guys get into the buy now pay later, pay later category? How are you guys thinking about crypto? Um, it's really critical to to be at the forefront of those conversations and just learn as much from each other as you can, because um, that just makes us better. Um, so there's there's as much of that as you can do. I am trying, my new year's resolution is to try and network with one person um, per week, like a Friday, 30 minute, 45 minute call, somebody that I've either worked with or somebody um, that I've been trying to get a hold of um, and talk to. So it, you know, we all know how important networking is. That's a great idea. <laughs> Love that. For 2022 there, Hallie. Huh? 52 people for 2022. I like it. I There may be some repeats. <laughs> I just want to like put that it. out there. Does this That's count true. as your weekly, as your weekly reach out? Does this count? It did not. Um, I have so this a, is a bonus. call with a former colleague, um, actually from the Bulls on Friday. Oh, wow. So this is a bonus. This is a bonus. Yes. So maybe this counts for all of next month because, well, at least three or four months for next month, right? Don't let yourself off the hook on that one. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, what about you? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the, obviously I'm in a little different phase of life. And so you, after, you know, being just because I'm getting old, but when you're, you know, the, the relationships that started in Athens, um, and I really believe the secret sauce of the, the OU sports program is Court Street. And uh, um, and I know we joke about it, but it's, I really believe that's where it really begins. And um, when you spend all that time with everybody, but you know, I, I kind of had a non-traditional where I went and worked in professional fundraising for 10 years, but it came full circle because the, my roommate, Joe Potter, um, you know, he, did his internship at Wake Forest under a guy named Ben Sutton, who ended up starting a company called ISP Sports, you know, and then, and then I, you know, I was about eight years after they started, you know, I get the call because I know Joe, because I'd met Ben over time. And next thing you know, I spent 25 years working for Ben, right? And so you, you just don't know, you know, where those, where those relationships are going to lead. And that was, a good amount of time, you know, of course, Joe and I, and I were at each other's weddings and all that other kind of stuff over time. And, but, um, you know, so, and then you kind of fast forward, you know, you, you know, I've, I've probably worked, I've worked with over 120 different colleges. I've been, it was in college space most of my career. And so, you know, there's relationships everywhere, right. You know, and then those people end up getting jobs here and there. And, and it's, it's amazing how you just get a random call from somebody and it's important that you, you reach back out, you know, I wish I was more proactive, um, like, like you were saying there, Hallie, but, but um, it, you do have to make the time for it. It's great when you go to events, you know, like you go to the CFP that I was at a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, you just see people yeah. known forever, or you go to NACTA, or you go to, uh, you know, those kind of events that happen in the college space. I'm, I'm learning all those new relationships in the high school space, which I didn't have any of before, you know, in the last three years. So it's kind of like starting over. Uh, and then I think the other thing about the relationships is that 
I was in a fortunate, unique position when I started a company to go recruit the best and the brightest that I've worked with before. So, you know, I had a list of three people that I knew I could, if I did anything, I would want to work with. And I was, I went three for three and getting them, you know? And so it's, you know, it's, and so that none of those, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever, maybe fortunately for them are sports ad grads, but those are, but those, but those relationships matter, you know, and we'd gone different places afterward, but, you know, you bring them all back together and work together in a different environment. So I can't say enough about how that's affected certainly my family or me personally, but it, it certainly, um, that's what makes OU's sports ad different. It's, it's the relationships. I mean, it clearly, it was that way when I went to school in the late eighties, um, you know, you, it was like, you go to UMass if you want education, go to Ohio if you want a job, you know? And I don't think that's ever changed. And proud of that, you know, and, and uh, to, to be a part of it. And it is unique if somebody calls and says they're from OU, you know, you're going to talk to them and you're going to help them out and you're going to, you know, do whatever you can. So it's really cool what you're, what you're doing, Allie. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll let you know where we're at in June. <laughs> exactly. gone. You may need to count some of these. <laughs> yes. I'm going to add you to the list, Mike. You're going to go on the list. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> love it. I love it. I, I, I'm so happy that we were talking about relationships and, and Hallie, what you're doing, because I think, um, and Mike, I thought I was the only one that felt that way uh, when it comes to, you know, you go to you to get a job, right? Like that's literally what makes us, I think, so effective in the industry is we pair real life opportunity, knowledge. And now the students, I believe, are doing these international trips, which I am slightly jealous about. Very jealous for sure. It was a very good experience for my yes. two good kids. Yeah. Amazing. That's like, awesome. I think we got, where did we, we went to, uh, we went uh, Cabrewing, I think was our international <laughs> that still internship. Well, from what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that could be considered international. You are in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> the, exactly. hocking river, the Hocking River it, is uh, international. Premier. It is a, it's a river. <laughs> it is, it is, it is something. It is something. Um, I guess one of the questions, so we understand that relationships are so important. If you could give a outline or recommendation to grad students who are looking to connect with professionals, what is the best way that they do that and how? Because I know there we can, um, students can get sucked into the, I'm just going to send you a LinkedIn request. And then the next thing I talk to you is like, can I have a job? So if you could, if you could outline, what is the perfect outreach to you look like? You want me to go first? Uh, go for it, Mike. Yeah, I'm I would sure just you say, get them all the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it's almost a weekly thing. Um, the first thing is usually it's somebody's parent or uncle or cousin or whatever they're calling. Hey, you know what? You should talk to whoever. And I'm like, I'd be happy to talk to them, have them reach out to me directly. Yeah. And that narrows it down to about 5% you know, because nobody follows up from those things. But when they do, uh, you know, I, I think the most important thing is that you, that is that you're really just calling to meet somebody, you know, and you don't want anything more than advice, you know, like how did, you know, and so I think when you're young and you're trying to figure it out, you're also trying to figure out what you want to do, right? So the more people you can talk to, 
and, and hear their story, the better. Not that mm. I'm looking for a job. Like, well, how did, what was your path like? Where did you go? What did, you know, how, how did, what do you do now? What do you like? You know, what, what are these things like? What, and here's my skill set. Where do you think I should be thinking about? Where should I be looking? You know, really, if you're intellectually curious and truly talk to them, um, then that'll just lead you down a path that you have no idea where it's going to go and you don't know where those doors are going to open. I mean, Jeremy and Kimera, who I jokingly said I recruited, which I did, most of that recruitment happened out in front of the RV or that we parked at the, um, at, at, out at the, my kid, you know, at that big apartment complex, for name it there that everybody lives in. But, you know, and that was the late night tailgate parties that we threw till two o'clock in the morning where we were just talking to them all, right? And that's where you get to know people. And so they were good about talking to me. You know, there was 40 of them there or 80 of them or if you have both classes, you know, but they would come up and talk to Michelle and I, or if there's other alumni there and just talking, you know, like not asking for, I need a job. What can you do for me? How, how can I learn from you? So that would be my biggest piece of advice is, is, is just, enter, just do that with as many people as you can. So from the outreach, of course, emailing and making phone calls and, you know, there's a respectful way of, of, of doing that, you know, um, but I, I think that, you know, most OU people are going to respond and positively and have a conversation with you. Yeah. I agree with everything that Mike just said. Um, the other, the other pieces of it I'll add is um, there's, there's also something that I appreciate about people that continue to follow up. Like I'm actually interested to know after you reach out and we have a conversation, like what actually happened? You know, did, who are you talking to? Who did you get a job with? Or even maybe it's not even job related. Like I, I genuinely care about, you know, your progression throughout your career um, and would like to, you know, continue that relationship. And there are, there are some folks that sometimes reach out and that's the only time you hear from them. And I know everybody's busy, but I do genuinely appreciate people that continue to keep in touch and, and keep in the loop on things that are going on in their career. Um, so there, there's a piece there. And then the other piece too, that you, you mentioned LWB is like, don't just, don't just add me on LinkedIn. Like I, I probably, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, but I don't check that very often of like who, who's friended. I just feel like there's so much more that can be done um, with a nice email message um, to better clarify like what you're trying to achieve with a phone call or, or how, you know, we can be helpful in your journey. So um, I'd say sending a LinkedIn invite is one of the worst things that you could do. I, I would just add one Say it thing. again. I would like, to, yeah. I, I think one thing that's missing in our world today is the art of just a handwritten thank you note. And so, you, you know, just that's the, you know, that's the most impactful thing that can happen to Ben Sutton, who, you know, has done well and done all kinds of things in his life. And, and, I, and I would say for me as well, just when somebody, you, you talk to that person, just, just a simple handwritten note that's got, four sentences in it the most. Thank you for your time. It's amazing how that'll differentiate you and leave a different kind of imprint on somebody. Mike, it's not very hard to do. Agreed. Great, great point. I think the misconception is like, oh, you only send handwritten notes to those that are older. Like, no, I got two of them right after the holiday break from two Bobcats. And 
I followed up with both of them and had, you know, great conversations, right? Like, I think it's how do you stand out in that sense? And like, I, my address is not on my email. Like, like, so they clearly did the work to find my address, whether it was in the directory or whatever, right? Totally. Like, so I think it, it goes a long way and um, you do what you can to help. Hallie, one thing on your email component, like, I think a lot of people maybe feel the pressure, like they have to have this like 30, 45 minute conversation with someone to catch up. Like you, one, one thing that I've done kind of throughout is like, I'll just send an update email. Like if people read it, great. Like if not, I don't care, but um, the purpose is to let someone know, you know, what I'm up to or where I'm going or whatever it might be. And it could just be uh, a happy holidays note too, right? Yes. Like it have to be every time you're, you know, you know, making a different job switch or whatever the case is. Like, it's just, Hey, happy holidays. Thinking of you, like hope your family's hey, thinking well, of right? you. I think I, it's just something I totally agree small, but also, you know, meaningful that they at least see the name and you know, where you are. So. I totally agree with that. Um, and the other thing too, I'll mention is, you know, if you don't hear back from an alum, after the first or second time you reached out, like just, you know, follow up. I, I don't think that we have too many people that aren't going to respond. We all know that people are busy and email inboxes can sometimes be incredibly cluttered and are, it makes for a really hard time to get in touch with somebody, but just continue to follow up. The worst thing that somebody can say is stop bothering me, but I doubt that's going to happen very often. So just you know, for, for some of our Listen. current students, like don't, don't give up if you haven't heard back from anybody, somebody in a week and you've only reached out one time. And try and try LinkedIn, try email, try phone, because yeah. sometimes you're not check, you know, you're not checking one or the other or whatever it might be. Exactly. Yeah. I might go, I might go months without looking at LinkedIn, you know, um, you know, just, um, you know, but, and I almost, I was almost guilty of missing the whole email about this happening as I recall, you know, so you, you do have to stay, you, you just, you, you get it, something comes through in a crazy day, you know, you just, people's lives, whatever, every day, and I'm sure you're all the same way, I have meetings the entire day, every day, I don't have time to read emails, so, mm -hmm. you know, and then if you add on a trip or something, and then, oops, I've missed the day where I didn't go back and say, I saw that, so I, I think there's a respectful way to do that, very good point. Here's a thought. In 2022, we're removing uh, emails and adding DoorDash deliveries. Send me <laughs> some snacks. That would Love be it. incredible. Could you imagine? What if they? What if they showed up with a six pack? Uh, like I'm calling you back. Right? That's awesome. Be creative. I'm calling you back. Right there. Always. <laughs> Always, always good ideas come on this podcast here, Laura. Like, uh, we've, we've got a couple. We have, we have a fridge that will be yep. delivered somewhere in Athens, uh, full, fully stocked of uh, C4 and or body armor. So that yeah. will happen. The, the old uh, OU um, apartment at the summit. Summit was what I was trying to, word I was trying to remember earlier. Yep. Say summer. that again. What's going to be stocked? A fridge with what? Body armor or C4. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Incredible. We've got some alums on those brands. Do they have their, are there mm -hmm. fingers, yep. their sticky fingers on those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. The, 
they committed to uh, if a if a student who actually listens to the podcast reaches out to both of them, that they will make it happen. Look at that. See, I I I selfishly am going to reach out and ask for, you know, product. Laura, you want to start the rapid fire, your favorite part? Yes, this is my favorite part. We're working on Jake on his rapid fire skills. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. It's a shot so right these there, are, Jake. Uh, if you'll, I'll just let Jake, I'll just let you experience it. We're working on it. It's baby steps, small, small, small baby steps. Um, so if we, if we go back to our wonderful time, your wonderful time on Court Street, because this is life after Court Street, do you prefer a lunchbox or a blackout? Oh, man. Um, so a lunchbox, from what I remember, a lunchbox is a beer with a shot in it, right? Yeah, and it was some orange juice. Yep. Um, okay. And then the blackout is like a fun little sugary drink. It is. It's like a mix of, uh, it's like a Long Island iced tea with a little bit of purple, some blue carousel, and possibly others. Good memory. Um, mm -hmm. I would do, I will do a lunchbox, even though it's a lot of liquid <laughs> and it's tough to chug and my chugging skills have gone down <laughs> drastically. Um, I feel like the hangover would be less severe because there's not as much sugar in it. That's a, uh, um, thank you for asking what those two drinks were. Cause I had no idea. Um, and, uh, uh, the, uh, back in the day, we just, we had, uh, um, um, at the junction, it was a dollar 25 and you got four shots in one drink. Whoa. So yeah. wow. five bucks, you were done. So I guess I would go for a drink at the junction. Wow. Um, I don't like beer, so I probably have to go with the blackout, but then I'm sure I'd be hurting just like you said. <laughs> wow, $1.25. Only in Athens can you yeah. return for $20 and buy out the bar. Quad Great night. value. Yeah. We're, we're going to stick with the OU theme here. Uh, there's plenty of relationships you can develop without ever meeting the person in person. Who is one alum that you'd want to meet in person? that you either a met before in theory, like just via phone or zoom or have never met. Oh my God. This is such a hard question. Jake, this is like a really hard question. That's why I think it's hard. It's hard. See, yeah. see, see he's hard been working on, on his fire. rapid fire. Yeah, that, we're, it, we're working it, on his it. skills. Do you see, now see? <laughs> I, I feel like that would be a good question to like prep us with so that we can come prepared. Cause now I feel like I need to go through the directory because there are just so many people that I would want to meet. But see, it, rapid it, fire is supposed to be, you know, top of mind. Like, what do you got? Yeah, but it's not supposed to be like, what are your what is your deep, darkest intuition? Yeah. You're digging at souls that. here, Jake. I just want to know who they want to meet. I feel like I've met them all already. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm too old. Uh, eventually, I got. I've met so many. Oh gosh, Jim. I, I guess uh, Jim Beeman, who I 
I was fortunate to get the Distinguished Alum Award after him. I never got to meet him in person. Um, and so that would have been kind of um, cool. Thank yeah, um, I uh, I would I would love to get together with Emilio Collins. Um, I've seen him speak. He's come back to a couple symposiums. I just feel like he's one of the pioneers, you know, kind of like Mike that's been in the sponsorship world for a long time, and they've just helped pave the way for so many people. Um, he was in the NBA and was doing lots of big things, uh, and then he's you know been one of the main and key stakeholders at Excel who just continues to crush it. Um, and I just, I just think very highly of him and think there's a lot that I can learn from him. Um, so I'm glad we answered your question, Jake. I so just, deep. I could have just said like Hallie, you know, cause you know, that would have been a good one too. Cause I haven't See, exactly. Yeah. That would exactly. be a waste, Mike. For any of you on the phone. Exactly. That is, oh my goodness, we're working on it. All right, here's one that's probably a little bit easier. Okay, a little easier. Um, okay. Uh, if you're on Court Street late night, you're headed home, what are you getting after the bar is closed to eat before you head home? Well, back in the day, it definitely would have been the burrito buggy, which, so that was like actually the only choice maybe back in the day. <laughs> That's a good one. The stopping cop wasn't open? Nope. No DP down? Yeah, uh, maybe. The, I don't even think DP down. Yeah, I've had them since then, but not uh, burrito buggy would have been the one for me. Uh, yum. This is great to think about this because it'll be lunchtime <laughs> at least in a couple hours. Um, exactly. At one point, it would have been Goodfellas, but I really developed a love for souvlakis. They have the best mm. ice cream fries and mm -hmm. their cucumber sauce. I don't know what it's made out of, but it is one of the best dipping sauces of all time. You just, it can't be replicated. Can confirm. Can confirm. Those are two really good ones. Oh, and now I'm hungry. Might have to take a little deep tour next time in Ohio. Yeah. All right, I'm taking it home. Favorite O'Malley sport? Uh, it's, a, it's an easy question for me because there was no such thing as the O'Malley Cup when I was in school. So, which is a talking about. What? Um, yeah, that didn't start till, well, remember, there was only one class at a time. So, you couldn't have been oh. group to play with. We played every intramural sport and we won just about every co-ed thing in, on, the, on campus. Like we did that like three nights a week. So I think my favorite, I'll go with the intramurals and I'd say football. That was fun. Flag? Yeah. They made these, everybody wear these weird helmets. <laughs> co-ed softball is pretty fun too. <clears throat> Yeah, those would be some of my top choices too, Mike. We, um, LWB will remember, we had a stacked group of people in our class, like some really good athletes, and somehow we just blew it on both sides, like the class above us and the class below us. It was a huge disappointment, but we knew if we played soccer, we would win because we had a bunch of mm -hmm. soccer players and some people that could play pretty well. So we all like to win. I wanted to play a sport where we knew we could win and soccer seemed to be the case um, because we just 
couldn't get out of our own way uh, in a bunch of other sports. I don't know how. Um, it's crazy. It happens. It happens. It, it happens. It's life. It's it's life. My <laughs> Laura, they just love you. Kickball. Our kickball <laughs> game was so funny. Oh my god. We had some my people game. whiffing. I was like, have you guys played kickball before? Like, how is this possible? How do you have this big ball coming at you and you and are you whipping at this it. ball? Big whiff. Not even yeah. like a quick, like a tap. Like I'm foot in the air, butt on the ground. I... My Mike, I'll leave you with time. this. The, the last idea, and since you're still involved with the program, an alumni O'Malley Cup was one of the ideas that got thrown out. So uh, we're just going to leave that on the cliffhanger. Really yes. appreciate both both of your times, um, perspectives, advice, etc. cetera. Uh, and always welcome on again in the future. Uh, have a good 2022. And thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.